start on the recorder and then tell you why. Okay, so I do these things and you probably heard maybe a couple of examples. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit outtake and a little bit promo for you and me, right? Mm-hmm. So do you, have you listened to one of those and do you know what's up with that? I have, yes. Okay. <laughs> do you think you're ready or do you have any questions? I might be ready, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, so... Go ahead and, and I, give it a whirl. Oh, okay. Here, I, I sense a question. So I like say my name, right? And then I say, you're listening to Vroom Vroom Beer with Jeff Smith, right? You say, hey, this is Stephanie Reinhold of insert your favorite thing here, your website. Mm-hmm. So that would be notthetypicalmom.com. Uh, yes. And you, pause, 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 dot, 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 are listening to Jeff Smith on Vroom Vroom Beer. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the sound. All right. I'll yeah. do the sound. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, go for it. This is Stephanie Reinald from notthetypicalmom.com, and you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Vroom Vroom. Woo! That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to use that whole thing. That was my favorite <laughs> thing ever, and you have the best laugh ever. Okay, I'm going to hit stop, and then I'll come back, and we'll do the show. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Jim Hole, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. So we met, uh, let's see here, I guess in 2009 or 2010, something like that. Which, something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's been yeah. a while at one of uh, <laughs> Steve Pavlina's conferences, workshops in Vegas, yep. right? So yeah. wow, that's been forever ago. Yes, it has. <laughs> it has. Hard to hard to believe, but so, time time just seems to go faster every year. So we will reminisce. But real quick, so <laughs> you are at uh, uh, your company is called Visify, and it sounds pretty neat. It's like a digital marketing agency, but you talk about it because uh, you're the guy that's excited about it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, what's different about Visify is, yeah, there's a, we're a digital marketing agency. There's a lot of digital marketing agencies, but what's different about us is we really specialize in the expert and thought leader space. So we work with people who are looking to really have an impact through their work. So by expert and thought leader, I'm not talking about dentists and doctors and lawyers, not that they're not experts, not that they can't be thought leaders, but we really are looking for people who are out there monetizing their expertise through, through in, in big ways, like through group programs, through masterminds, through speaking on stages, through offering online trainings. And so our mission really is to uh, work through these experts and impact people's lives. So we actually have a mission of impacting um, 100 million people to empower them to live the best life that they can live. It's a pretty big mission and we definitely can't do it without a lot of people (laughs) um, supporting us in that. Right. Wow. Boy, there's a lot of threads that that remind me of uh, the con- conscious growth workshop. So whatever happened, some of it worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were chatting a little bit before the show, and I said, you know, I don't really, I, c- I couldn't necessarily talk coherently about what I learned there. Right. But 
you know, it was one of many kind of experiences I had, uh, transformational experiences starting from my, in my twenties. I mean, I went to a program in the, I think it was somewhere in Massachusetts mm. or the mountains in, in, in Massachusetts called, I can't remember that there, we were up there. Berkshire's is that what, is that in Massachusetts? Yeah, I think so. Um, somewhere in the Berkshire's and there was this workshop up there where they was very transformational oriented and I've done things like landmark, um, work with a lot of um, coaches who are transformational based. And Steve was one of the first that I kind of encountered in that space. Right. Who really, all of that kind of culminated in this is the industry that I want to serve. Gotcha. So you're basically working with the, the transformational leader kind of group. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, whether it's business, whether right, it's right. relationships, sure. personal, health and wellness, I like the yeah. space myself. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you would since yeah. that's how we met. <laughs> yeah, that's how we met. Yes, yes. You know, I'm kind of in a, you know, I think as far as like participation in the, it, it ebbs and flows for me and I'm probably in an ebb at this moment. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I, with you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, right? It's almost like you can get mm-hmm. junkified on too much, <laughs> just like anything else. Well, yeah, and you can't just keep learning it either. You have to start doing right. something. You have to right? start implementing and doing and stuff. Yeah. yeah, just like And part of it is passing it on, I think. I oh, think it's sure. kind of the next st- step after you can implement it for yourself. And I'm by no means perfect. I mean, no <laughs> no Nobody's one perfect. around me would tell me I yeah. walk through life as this trans- transformed being or whatever. Right. No one would dress- describe me that way. That's but, one of the things. That's a tough lesson to learn because I, I know I was under that fantasy illusion <laughs> right? way back when, right? I think we all yeah. go through that kind of like aha experience of human. the human condition is going to always have ups and downs. You know. It's not a one and done. It's like, not. You're never done. You're always, I walk on some coals. Right. And, I <laughs> and, <No>. then, <laughs> and then life will always forever. I'll be, you know, like just, you know, singing zippity yeah. doodah. It's a process, a lifelong process. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it definitely, I'm not to, and no, no knocking of walking on coals or three day weekends intended. Cause those are powerful experiences. Yeah, they're great. And they don't, do everything they, they don't fit there's no finish <laughs> right right that. well yeah. i think the best you can hope for well first off and i've said this on a gajillion shows now was a realization that there is this sort of like fallacy that i was under and i think it's like a universal that like if i do x enough someday life will be easy mm-hmm. right and that's just not true you know it's never just going to be you know, you're not going to be just walking around going, woohoo, you know, all the time. Yeah. You're and it does lead a little bit to the ever constant chasing of the magic pill or the, you right. know, the holy grail or whatever you want to call it. So right. some people sort of do get addicted to that chase of, yes. <laughs> you know, okay, this next one is going to, this last 20 weren't the right, right, right. But the next one, this one will be. That's right. You're, and, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's not the way we want to, we don't approach the industry that way at all. I mean, we really want, you know, now that there's, there's all, I guess I kind of see two things. One is that first of all, there isn't a whole, there isn't a holy grail or a magic pill, um, and I don't think any of our experts that we work with, our thought leaders, would say that theirs is. Theirs is a piece of a big puzzle that you're trying to put together over your life, you know. Right. But, um, but you do want to always be in constant pursuit of mastery and growth. I think. Oh I mean, yeah, to me, for sure. If I wasn't ever, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm going to be 50 next year, <laughs> and I'm, wow. I'm feel like I've learned more in like the past few years than maybe in the pa- in the previous, you know, 46 or whatever, because just, I just, I'm escalating the 
the rate at which I'm kind of consuming. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, this information and implementing, not just consuming, because if, if it's just consuming, that's not going to do me much good. Right. But right, right. Yeah. Actually start consuming doing some of the shit. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've all fallen into that trap, too. So mm-hmm. let's go back in time and talk a little bit about this thing where you lived in Japan for three years. How did that happen? <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, it was a little bit little bit of randomness involved yeah, in that. that's great. I um, love randomness. <laughs> Tell us the story of the randomness because that's some of my favorite crap right there. Well, I, I, so just how do I tell this in a short way? So I, I had studied you know, French. It doesn't have to be short. Kind of also by random. I wanted to study Spanish. All this started from me wanting to study Spanish. In high school? And no? No, in middle school. Oh, middle, in middle school. school. Wow. We're, yeah. we're way back. But, okay. Yeah, so you way, way back. To study I wanted to Spanish study Spanish. I grew up school. learning some Spanish from my uncle, you know, and it's Sesame Street and whatever, you know, and there's mm. always always exposed to Spanish. And I was like, oh, I want to really learn Spanish. Yo and we I was signed up for Spanish and we moved to okay. another school district. Okay. They didn't have any Spanish seats, any Spanish classes available. So I had to take French. Okay. It was not my first choice. Right. But I, I, my goal was, okay, I want to learn a language. So I said, okay, I'll take French. And I learned French and I got, you know, I went to France, lived there for a while. I got really, really good, was winning contests, speaking wow. French and whatever. Yeah. So I sort of threw myself into it. And then when I got to, to college, I just realized, you know what? I don't know. This is, I don't think I'm gonna, this is kind of my end of the line for me here. I don't want to, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I don't really want to be a French teacher or, you know, so I just said, okay. Where's this French language thing going? It. Right. Right. Something. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so I saw someone, a friend of mine, um, freshman year, she was a senior, she was studying Chinese and I was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought about anything other than German, French, and Spanish, which is what was available in my school. Okay. Um, I never, the rest of the, you know, this was the eighties, right? Right, right. (laughs) We didn't have Mandarin in every elementary school. No, no. We we had Spanish and that was it when I was. Oh, you didn't even have, we had, yeah, we had at least French and German as options. I understand now that those aren't even available. There might've been Spanish and Mandarin from what I hear these days, but you know, the world is changing. It's a different perspective and that's great. But at the time it wasn't available. I was like, oh my gosh, there's other possibilities for me (laughs) to learn. So I was like, okay. And for some reason I was like, okay, China seemed a little daunting at the time. You're still in the eighties, right? Eighties, right? Yeah. It was a little bit of a closed, um, I didn't really know much about it. I guess I should say, I don't know what the reality was. I didn't know much about it, Mm. but Japan on the other hand was like, everybody was talking about Japan. So I was like, okay, that I can do. So it's kind of how it happened. I mean, I don't know if that's a, you know, that's about, you know, so I said, all right. And I signed up for Japanese and it was really scary and nothing was like anything. This is now you're in college now. Now I'm in college. Yeah. I was a freshman in college. And so sophomore year, I, I I gave up my, my French studies and switched to Japanese and, like if I'm going to do this, I got to go there. So I signed up for an exchange program, went there for a year, did a homestay, came back, um, threw myself into it. I just was like, I'm not going to the same school as all my other classmates. So I applied for a separate program at another school and they accepted me. So I was like one of very few exchange students there. So I mostly hung out with Japanese people and I lived in a, in a, with a Japanese family who didn't speak English. So Kind of that's was immersion like right there. Immersion. That's immersion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's like the best way to learn. <laughs> and we didn't have the internet either to right. at our disposal then. So, right. so, so I was like books. cut off. <laughs> right. You know? so right. I wasn't like calling home or chatting or Skyping or whatever with people all the time. No, everything was expensive. Once a month, I, was in, I was actually in Japan in 1988. In okay. So you 88, know, yeah. 80, 88, 89, and 90, I was in Aomori Ken. 
Oh, and that's okay. when I took, you know, that's when I learned, you know, like, uh, you know, your basic Japanese, you know, anata wa mm-hmm. or, you know, boku wa jeff desu. <laughs> right. Hajime yeah. mashite and things like that. That's probably one thing that I'd like to tell the world that like Japanese people hardly ever say domo. Arigato. Right. <laughs> yeah. You have some yeah, misconceptions. It's, it's, always, it's always arigato gozaimasu. Arigato gozaimasu. And onegaishimasu. Right. And all those. Uh, right. So I married a Japanese lady. So. Oh. Um, well, my story went. I don't know like, that I knew that. Yeah. I was. Uh, my very first Air Force assignment was uh, to Japan. Okay. So I was like 18. And I went from small town Michigan to this whirlwind thing of you go to Texas, you get yelled at, and <laughs> you know your identity yeah. goes away, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you go and have a similar, less uh, intense experience for I think it was like six or eight weeks or something like that for tech school to learn how to type, basically. Um, and then uh, and then they sent me to Japan, and that was now in retrospect. The now, you know, 48 year old version of me, um, I hear guys like Tim Ferriss and Tim Urban, right? Say, Mm -hmm. if you could recommend any like young person, what should they do if they have like uh, some time between high school and college or just want to have a growth experience? What should they do? Mm -hmm. They both recommend go live in Tokyo for as long as you can, (laughs) Mm. because it's this combination of completely safe. Right. Mm-hmm. It is thoroughly and completely safe and yep. completely different. <laughs> Very different. Oh, my gosh. Even then. And I can imagine even more so now. Yeah. 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 So y- you and I had similar experiences. So how old were you? You were in your early Same. 20s. Yeah. Right? I went there 89, 90 for wow. school. And then I went back um, from wow. 91 so we to could, 93. We could actually We're, have seen each other, but we didn't. We might have. <laughs> yeah, we might have been <laughs> That's in Rapongi together or right. somewhere. I don't know where you I went only, out. But. Yeah, I only went to um, Tokyo like a handful of times, not okay. many times on my first trip. Now, I've been there a gajillion times since because so the story went like um, I went from Japan. My next assignment was Hawaii. And that's where I met hmm. my wife. Okay. And I met her because I knew how to say, Odonimashoka. <laughs> <laughs> and she and accepted. And she accepted. Actually, she okay. accepted after. Now, Odonimashoka is that the very, dance. It, the very would, formal. Would like yes, yeah, shall we dance? Yeah. Shall we dance? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, I don't even know what the informal version would be. Um, but anyway, yes, she eventually said yes. And, and now I'm married and I've been married since 1993. So that means that, oh, wow. yeah, Japan has become my other home, you know. Ah, okay. So I've been wow. going back and forth, you know, for since, since we've been married. And uh, her parents, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but it, they live like about an hour's train ride from Kyoto. So, okay, which yeah. way? Further south? Uh, of course, you're gonna ask. Or me out? That. I can't like remember. Inland? Going oh, inland, yeah. Going okay. inland. Got it. Right. Cool. Yeah. I well, would have to look at a map. Yeah, but it's Shigaken. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Heard yeah, of it? Yeah. Never. I don't think I've ever been there, but yeah. Right. 
Right, right. I had to learn all the provinces at one point, but don't ask me to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. No, no, I get it. Yeah. Japan's huge. You know, yeah. pe- people that don't live there don't realize just just how huge it is. But yeah. I think it's like, what is it, like twice the population of Calif- of the United States popped, you know, half the, it's half the population, this is how it goes, the half the population of the United States in a country the size of California. Correct. Yeah. Crazy. Like, wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. That's great. I, I love Japan. Um, you know, and I've recently gotten over my, my dreading of the long ass flight and then the long ass, like, uh, yeah, train well, ride. where you are now though, then from Michigan, I guess. Right. But, right. Yeah. yeah. And from New at York, least, it's, Yes. Yeah. Right. Because you have to, you, I would probably break that up into two days. If I were flying from New York, I would they like, don't give you a choice. You just I would have fly to. from, I would just do it myself. I would fly to the West coast, hang out. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Yeah. And then, and then another day later I would, I would, you know, because that flying from the, the East coast to the West coast, that's, that's enough for it's one. Already yeah, that's an, yeah. Exactly. It's ugh, wow. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. My husband lives, well, my husband doesn't live there, but he's from um, Taiwan. Wow. So I wouldn't say that's my second home at this point because I haven't been there enough, but I've been there a fair amount of times. I've never been so, to Taiwan. You should check it out from Tokyo, I, I from, know. from Japan sometime. You know, they're we, very, they, they share a lot and, and, you know, the big cities are very similar to Japan, actually. Really? Kind of like a Chinese version of Tokyo in my, okay. I feel like, I don't know if any feels, Taiwanese. It kind of has the feel. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, yeah, it's, it feels like a Chinese Tokyo. Interesting. Ta- Taiwanese because they're not Chinese, but. <laughs> right. You're it right. Looks, it has the appearance of Chinese to me. No, yeah. I get you. I get you. And you can't yeah. read as, as much. Right. And I can't read as much, but <laughs> it helps to have, it helps to have some kanji oh, yeah, though. because. Sure. I could pick out and, you know, I can know which restroom is the right one, for example, right. <laughs> if it doesn't happen to have a picture on it. Right, right, yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. I learned that one the hard way several times. <laughs> well, you know, you I have to learn it once, right? I, I, well, there was this a funny story um, where when I was stationed there my second time, we went to a campground slash onsen uh, out mm. in the woods kind of thing. Um like many years in a row. Right. So I think it was the first year to the second year when we went and showed up, they had switched the guys Ofudo, uh, oh. with the girls Ofudo. Right. Oh, no. and, and of course I had been going like all the last summer. And part of my brain said, hey, that was pink as we're going through the door. Mm. Right? <laughs> and, and Interesting I, choice of colors. Yeah. yeah well, you know, never and, know. Yeah. I, the, the overriding habit just, I was, I was mm-hmm. in, you know, this is the side that we use because that's the side we used last year. But a, apparently they switched the signs every once in a while, you know, so the, the, uh, the women can get a view of the ocean. Okay. Right. So it Whoops. was, it, it was, it was hilarious because it was me and a bunch of other dudes and, uh, and the, uh, the cleaning and ladies came in into and, the women's. Well, we were the only people in there. So oh, okay. the, the ladies came in and, and then like kicked us out, but very gently and like, you know, doing that thing <laughs> right. where they cover their mouth and laugh and stuff. And then like, uh, you're on the wrong side. But you know, of course uh, there was a language thing, but eventually we figured it out. We're like, Oh <laughs> yes, that is pink. Isn't it? <laughs> Sorry. So we had to switch. Anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. The women's side was really nice too, but they didn't have the view. Uh-huh. Okay. So that was fun. Uh, a little <laughs> trip down memory lane. So, yes. okay. So 
now let's see what did you do after college oh my gosh this is going to be a long story but, i like long um, stories it's fun there were lots of years <laughs> um well the high level is so i i had a job when i came back from well after college i had a job in in tokyo for two years and then wow that's cool it was cool and i just decided that it wasn't what i wanted for the rest of my life um okay. so what were you um, doing what was the job i was doing marketing for uh, Panasonic, oh, and wow. um, but, they weren't called Panasonic at the time, but right. that's what they're called now. They're called Matsushita. But um, w- was it a, a Japanese? No kidding, Japanese uh, office. I was hired the- as a local. Yeah, okay. I was hired as a local hire. So yeah, I was in um, the Tokyo headquarters. They have they're they're based in Osaka, but um, they have a they had a Tokyo headquarters. They have, they have buildings and offices all over the whole country, but the ba- the big ones are the he- the Osaka is where they did most of their manufacturing, and they're they're they were based there. And then Tokyo was, I was in the headquarters like building in Tokyo, right near Tokyo Tower, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly, and more all oh, the international stuff. Um, mm, they kind of shifted right. to there. So, uh, I was doing marketing, no computers, no internet. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, still in the eighties or the nineties. Still, yeah. yeah, early nineties. We had one computer workstation for the whole. Um, each little, they call them islands. They're Shima, you know, little Shima. They, they had, each one had, um, each group had a little island, they called it. And each island had a computer. Right. So, okay. um, yeah, I kind of hogged it <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> not many people knew how to use them even. Right, so, right. um, I basically used the computer and it was the only way that I could really put together these reports that I had to do. So I was basically doing that. And then, but just, it was really, you know, I was hired as a local employee, which meant I was on the Japanese slow track to eventually becoming a high level employee. Wow. And being an American, it was really tough to settle for that. I shouldn't even say settle because it was a great opportunity, but in my mind, it felt like settling that, you know, I don't want the slow road. I, I'm like ambitious. Like right, I signed right, up for this right. and I did this because I'm ambitious not to sit here and slowly move my way up. So mm. it kind of, I had, we had conversations about that and they're just like, that's just not the way it works. And you're in the wrong place I, kind of. Idea yeah. And I just was like, that. okay, then this is probably not the right, <laughs> the right path fit. for me. Right, so, right. yeah. So they were great. We, we left on good terms and everything. It was great. And I just um, came back and ended up in New York and where I've been since working for another Japanese company, but that only lasted about two years because again, I realized the culture is, is, is vastly different work-wise. Yeah. I mean, and I got it. That's what partly why they hired me because I, they, they knew I understood the culture and I got that and I, and I knew it, but I just was like, you know what? I'm, I want, it's not the, it's not fast enough for me. So right. Right. I was was looking for that drive is burning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. You get there eventually with the drive and at least, and, and I don't know how it is now, but at that time, and, and it could have been all perception too, but what I felt was I could do this for a while and get eventually get somewhere, but I want to be there now. And sure. so I, I ended up, um, they gave me where, where this particular twist came was they gave me the assignment to uh, look into this new thing called the internet and how can we use it for our business? Wow. So I was like, <laughs> okay, that's cool. Wow. So, right. okay. um, they gave, they basically set me up for my next career because I learned how to create websites. I set one little dinky one up for us, and I said, "You know what? This is really cool. I could probably charge people to do this." So mm. I'm going to go do it. Wow! <laughs> and I left, and okay. I set up a shop doing website design for people. My and, goodness. So um, what? Give us a, a, a an ear, earmark of what year we're in right now. We are in like 
96. 96. Oh my goodness. The internet <laughs> in 96. You know what my job was at that point was convincing hardly, people that, well, well, sorry, go ahead. It was hardly like the internet yet. Well, that was, the, that was what I was going to say. Exactly. Yeah. I, I had to convince people, tell people, what is this thing called the internet? Right. Why do you need to be on it? <laughs> and what, right. Why is it worthwhile for What's you to paint? What's that at symbol thing about? It? What's this? Right. E- yeah. <laughs> it was when people used to say, okay, point your web browser to HTTP colon slash slash. Right, right. www dot. Yeah. So those were the days. And so I had to convince people that they needed websites before I could even convince them to that they needed it from me mm. so um that was i i i kind of gave up <laughs> i did it for about a year um but i got a job offer at, during that time uh to work at the un so oh, wow. i took it My, yeah holy cow yeah so they needed a website and okay yeah <laughs> a friend of mine was there she's like you know how to do websites and i said yeah she goes okay i think i have a job for you <laughs> so wow build um, the un's website is that the first UN's website? <laughs> I didn't build the UN's website. I built something for them called the Cyber School Bus. And you can tell how dated it is by the name. The Cyber um, School Bus? <laughs> the Cyber School Bus. Okay. Yeah. It was an educational site for kids about the UN, about diplomacy. Um, mm, yeah. Okay. It was really great. And it still exists, actually. You can Google um, cyber, UN Cyber School Bus. It's still there. And some of the tools are actually the same. That I built. Wow! Back in the nineties, oh they've reskinned them a little bit. I can, yeah. but I can tell. I know how they work. Yeah. Um, and they're wow. the same. Like I built a model it's UN chat code. room. Yeah. I built a quiz. All this stuff. So it was a fun year. I only did it for a year. And then I got another job offer. And long story short, I ended up a series of jobs ended up leading me to the realization that I didn't want jobs. Right. <laughs> so this must have been about the time that you started following people like Steve that kept Correct. the mantra yep. of quit your job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I already bought in sooner than that, but I think it, it was, that definitely helped me. Um, I was already doing my own business by the time I had found Steve, which actually was why I ended up having the time to be able to go out there and do that. Mm. But, um, and it sounded like in that, in that you were doing some freelancing already. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yep. I was doing some freelancing and, and, during my job, I was I actually had some freelance. I hope no one from my former employer is listening, but I was taking some freelance when I was working. And <laughs> well, most, most web work I, is, is is freelance, right? Yeah. So I was like, you know what, this is better than what I'm doing, so I'm just going to leave. And so, yeah, that was in 2004. And so since then, I've I've had three businesses. Um, one doing website design, which I uh, eventually. M- took a hiatus from for a year and sort of did on the side while I participated in a, a, a funded startup that eventually got bought. And um, I exited that. And then five years ago started this current business Visify with a business partner who was my former intern at my old company, my, my first web design business. And um, decided he decided he has a whole you should do a whole thing on him he um <laughs> i should <laughs> he, <laughs> i'll hook you guys up because he um never went to college he was 16 when he was my intern he decided after after he finished high school that um he, he didn't need to go to college didn't need to go he knew how to do what he needed to do and um he didn't want to spend 100 grand only to um have to pay it back and waste right. four years of earning potential right, right. so he reached out to me and said, would you like to do something together? And I said, well, depending on what it is. And we figured out what it was. And that's how Visify started. Five wow. Years ago. Wow. Yeah. And you've been at it for five years. Okay. Yeah. Neat. 
And we only really hit our stride about two years ago, I would say. We've spent the first three years sort of trying to figure it out again because it was a whole new business. It was marketing. I was doing website design. It's a piece of marketing, but this, this is lead generation, paid traffic, um, you know, conversion, landing pages, funnels, email marketing, all this kind of stuff. So it was, it was, it was new to me, and he, but he knew it, <laughs> oddly right. enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of was the business side and he was the, like, you know, get it done side. And, okay. um, well, yeah, you know, it. and, and I think, uh, I've heard this story before that a lot of times, uh, entrepreneurs sort of like come in pairs mm-hmm. or succeed in pairs. How's that sound? Right. Yeah. So it's almost like you, it, it, it takes more than one person, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing to put together, uh, a really good, strong business sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, we definitely complement each other because I don't think he wants to do most of what I spend my days doing. And um, I just didn't want to spend the time to learn and get as good at what he's doing um, to be able to do what, do what he's doing. So um, I know it enough to talk about it and I could, I can do, I can pitch in when needed um, on some of the implementation stuff, but on the high level strategy stuff, that's really, you know, he knows it. So he, that's his, that's, that's his thing. thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's so. his name? So we don't talk, we keep calling him. Sure. Him. His name is Lucas. Lucas. Lucas Carvin. Yep. Lucas. Okay. So that's the business partner. Yeah. He's my business partner. Co-founder. Co-founder of Visify. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. He does sound like a fun guy to talk to. And so. I'll hook you guys up. <laughs> I will. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we breezed over a lot. We, we could get some more Veer stories out of that. That when we did breeze over a lot of years, should yeah. I go back? Yeah, yeah, because we okay. Have, I mean, I didn't if you wanna, have time. I have time. I just don't want to. Um, I didn't know how much detail we should get into. So, well, it, it's, and how it's, long you want the podcast to be? It's it's well, I, each podcast is about an hour. So, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, as long as you've got an hour, then I, I like getting these growth stories. Sure. So, well, wherever, then let's backtrack. Yeah, then we're, to we're when I was at the ones. UN. Okay. Because that was a big opportunity for me. When I was at the UN, I had to make the choice between do I want to stay at the UN in this nice little cushy thing um, or do I want to jump into this startup where I was given the opportunity to um, to do that. And um, it was a pay cut, but it was an opportunity to sort of get in at the ground floor of something. Mm. So I took the ground floor opportunity um, and... Eventually, so this was in 97, no, 98. Okay. And um, so not that it matters to anybody listening at this point. <laughs> probably weren't even born then, but. Um, <laughs> I was. <laughs> you were, yeah. I know, but <laughs> I don't know for your listeners. But anyway, um, 98 it was. And uh, I, so I got offered this opportunity to build a website for this startup company and um, he eventually was happy with what I did. And he said, hey, you want to come run the technology for me? I'm like, well, how do you make this connection between building a website and running your technology? But okay, sure. I've learned how to do everything else wow. that I needed to on the job. Wow. So why not learn this? So I took on, I was... Um, so talk a little first, bit about what that startup was doing. Is it still around or... It, they're not. They uh, got acquired um, and they probably would have gone out of business if they hadn't. So he got very lucky with that. And, mm, um, gotcha. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it was good. To, I mean, I shouldn't say it's good timing, let's say. Right. right. <laughs> um, so timing is a lot of business anyway. Oh, so yeah, for sure. in general, right. Yeah, so, yeah. um, 
Sometimes, but, sometimes ex- exits are just a survival thing, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, like MySpace getting bought when they got bought. I mean, if they had gone two, three more years, they wouldn't have been worth even anything. I mean, right. Who knows? Right. You know, things like that. So the, it's all about timing and, and, and luck. So, um, with, uh, with this business, he, we, we were doing, um, something called document conversion, which was basically taking a document that was created in one format and converting it into another, which sounds really like it should be an automated thing. And um, it was mostly automated, but the thing is it needed to get converted into the special format for the government. Um, and so it had it, you would use software to convert it like 80%, and then you sort of page through it um, manually and do the rest of it. Clean up. So it was a very labor-intensive kind of job. Yeah. Um, and, but he built this business started with just him and a couple people. And by the time I joined, there were like 10, I want to say eight or 10 people. And by the time I left, we were up to like 65 with wow. um, three locations and 24 hour operations oh my um, goodness. In, in New York and, and Boston. That's I think Chicago. a lot of documents. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of documents. I mean, huge things like real estate deals and public offerings. I mean, this was the time for this kind of stuff, right? I mean, these mm. that we were getting, tr- you know, truckloads of documents from, from legal, um, from law offices that needed to get converted because they needed to get filed with the government in a certain format. So, wow. um, yeah. So, so were a, they coming in like business. paper yeah, they'd come in paper. Oh my god! Both some would some would be scanned, okay, and we'd have to scan them in OCR. So those were even the, those were the, the highest priced ones were the yeah. ones that came in paper, and they would get scanned OCR, then converted. Wow! Um, and but Talk about uh, some of them of came digital, but the paper would come along with it for the to be able to to check it. Mm. Yikes! But yeah, it was a it was a labor intensive thing, but eventually that um, got taken offshore pretty much. Mm. Um, yeah, that right makes now. Sense there aren't many companies in the U S doing this anymore, but, uh, they, we got acquired. We're going to, okay. So here's a sad twist and I hate to bring up, um, bring this up, but we were meet, we had a, a meeting scheduled with, um, some lawyers that were going to, or not a lawyer, not, uh, not lawyers, um, financial people. I don't know what they call them. Um, bankers. people from a uh, bankers. There you go. <laughs> some bankers <laughs> to talk about an IPO. Um, for our business. And uh, we had a whole, we had like a stock ticker picked out and everything. And um, I was psyched because I was, by that time I had made my way up to the C-level and I was part of, part you owner had a of the business. Right. had a percentage, yeah. That would only, well, I had a percentage on any IPO of any IPO. I didn't have a percentage if it was a private company still. Okay. So I would have gotten a percentage if we IPO'd. So this was in 2001. Do you want to guess which day in 2001 our meeting was? In downtown uh, Manhattan? I bet you it was September 11th. You bet. Right. <laughs> you would have won that bet. So. Wow. Yes. Talk about. I am not kidding you. Wow. So, and we were literally two blocks from the former World Trade Center. So mm. it, it, the, that all, and I was in early because we had the meeting with the bankers. I was Thank there at God 8.30. Thank you were in early. But did you get stuck in the whole thing? You must have. I had to make my way home somehow, yeah. Wow. Because I, I barely missed the collapse and, and the, you know, the dust cloud and the chaos and everything that happened oh, after. So, you, so what, did you cross a bridge before the... Yeah, I walked across the bridge. I saw, no, I saw the... Good for I you. I saw the smoke and the flames and everything. It was, I mean, not, that's why I say I hate to bring it up because it's all, you know. It's sad. Yes. It's a horrible memory, but um, right. for and more so for other people than me probably. But 
uh, it was, yeah, it was like, wow. <laughs> so mm. they were, and they were from Ohio or something like that. And I think it was Ohio. And they're just like, you know what? Nope. We're not doing any deals in New York. <laughs> we're done. Wow. And they were like, it was like their first big, like IPO thing. Cause we weren't like a big legit company or whatever. So, sure. you know, um, we were working with, you know, it wasn't like Morgan Stanley or whoever. It was right, just right. like, you know, and they were just like Sioux Falls nope. net savings and loan or something, something like that. <laughs> so, no offense to Sioux Falls or any or Ohio or whatever, but right. it was just like, they weren't like the, the, the people that were just like, you know, boldly pushed through this. They were just like, you know what, let's just go back to where we, what we know. And so didn't happen, needless to say. Mm. Um, and also that whole environment changed. It wasn't just them. I shouldn't fault them, but it was just, you know, the whole environment changed after that. Well, so yeah, the, the world changed that day. Yeah. So it was just not happening with our IPO. And so he basically figured out his ideal with the private, you know, acquisition and my shares just disappeared because it was a private acquisition, not a, not right. an IPO, but right. I did get a job out of it. So I got, I convinced them to keep me on. Um, and so for two more years, I was working for this monster organization, um, based in the, um, Netherlands, huge publishing concern that bought us for, um, cause they wanted to get more into the financial publishing space and they saw us as a piece of that. And, um, so yeah, so I had a job and that was the job that I was doing the freelancing from. And, uh, so I don't feel too bad because it was a, you know, mega company. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel as bad as if it was a little small. Right, know, right, right. But um, not that it's they, right. Okay. But no, <laughs> still, you just don't feel bad about it. Don't feel as bad about it's it. It's like you're sticking it to the man, right? Not so much sticking it to the man as I didn't have anything to do. <laughs> they, oh, they didn't okay. keep me busy enough. Right. I was like, you I had so much bored. time on my hands. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, my goodness. Yeah, it wasn't even a thought of sticking it to the man. It was just like, I Come may on. as well because right. I have okay. nothing to do. Wow. So, yeah, um, I hate those yeah, jobs. After, I'll never, you know, I, I did one of those jobs as a temp gig. Mm -hmm. um, it was like the middle of 2016. And I hadn't had a job for a while. Well, actually, it was only like three months or so, but I was like in that super board, had decided that I wanted to get a job and and it just took a, a while to, for that to happen. And the lady was uh, a vi bank vice president from a, a, uh, the DBS bank. It's, the, it's almost like the government bank of Singapore. She okay. was from Thailand. And she was basically a bank vice president in charge of HR and computers and networks and stuff. Um, so, but going in, in the interview, she's like, you probably don't want this job. You're going to be bored. There's lots of downtime. And I'm like, hmm. well, if you're okay with it, you know, maybe I could do some like uh, online training or something. She's like, yeah, that's cool. Maybe not right away, but yeah, we can talk about that. And I'm like, see, so if I, if I have something, you know, to keep me busy and I can maybe get an IT certificate or something, that would be okay. And she's like, yes, you can do that. And I'm like, okay. But Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I'll never do that again because it was just like, literally, I, you know, I was working, I think from eight to five in downtown LA and mm. there was days more than one that I would go in and do my like, sort of like little bit of work in the morning that I had. And then 
and then sort of like check the, I had these like daily do routine kind of things like check the servers and sign off this and check the thermostat on the server room and little daily do's right. That were took like really no, no time at all. But I, you know, spent whole days, like whole shifts, just that. And then screwing around on the computer, pretending to work. (laughs) Oh my God. Ugh. The only thing that made it okay was I was getting paid, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, it doesn't work for me. I get that some people are fine with that, but it's not. No, yeah. it's not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not. not. It, wasn't it, fun makes, for me. It, it makes your brain hurt. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how I felt at this business. You know, I, I, I was, I definitely could have asked, right? I mean, I could have been proactive and said, you know, I'm, I'm like 80% downtime. I was a little afraid they would let me go though, but, um, right. But I was right, like, well, right. what can I, what else could I do for you? I was thinking, but at the same time, I really, I, I didn't really intend to stay there long term, and um, so you were basically so. looking for other work. Yeah, I was. Well, I job. thought that that I would leave and I would do my own thing. That's I was like, this is going to be my opportunity to do that. Mm. So, and as it turned out, I reached, I approached my my manager, and he, I told him I was planning to leave, and this was about after after about two years, and he said, well funny you should mention that because we're planning to do some downsizing. If you want to uh, be the, I said, I need to let somebody go from our department. Do you want to be the one? <laughs> and <laughs> You'd be doing uh, me a favor. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, you can help me out and you, you'll get your severance. And I was like, wow. And that was like 14 months or something at that point. Cause it was like, I would been between the two businesses. I was there for seven years and they gave two months for every year. So I was like, I will take it. That's a nice so, little runway. Yeah. Wow. So that was wonderful. That yeah. made it possible for me to actually do the business the way I wanted to. Um, so yeah, I took the summer off. Well, I took summer off. I left the job. <laughs> and right. I left New York for the summer and I went out to San Francisco. My brother was living there and I rented a place, um, rented a room from someone um, off of Craigslist because there was no Airbnb at the time, of right. course. Right, right. <laughs> but Craigslist was how you did it at the time. And yeah. it wasn't shady at, at, at all. And, um, she was great. And, um, yeah, so I did that for a few months. And in fact, I'm still friends with one of the other roommates from the house that was, she had two rooms that she was renting out. And, um, so you were basically couch surfing before there was couch surfing Craigslist yeah. version of couch surfing. It was Craigslist version of couch surfing. And I did couch surfing before they charged for it. I think they charge now. But, really? Um, I didn't, I've never couch I think they surfed. charged for the yeah. site. I'm not sure. Uh, Maybe I'm Okay. But couch surfing was, yeah, that was fun. I did couch, I did a lot of couch surfing. Really? Airbnb was basically monet, it's basically monetizing of couch, couch surfing. surfing. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. That, if you've heard their story, I mean, they, they're like having people sleep in their, their airbed. That's why it's Airbnb. It's from Airbed. 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 I know. Yeah. yeah actually, <laughs> their, uh, their CEO or founder was on Tim Ferriss's ah, podcast right. not too long ago. And I can't remember the guy's name, but he did tell the story about how, he was like, there was this conference and then it was like, Hey, we got yeah. this airbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's so. like no hotel rooms in this city for, because mm-hmm. of this conference. I don't remember which one it was. I think it might've been South by Southwest. Maybe. Sounds right. Or maybe something. But weren't they important. in San Francisco? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. It might've been uh, WDS. Yeah. It could have been that. In Portland. I don't know. It was one of the big conferences that, you know, just kills the city and nobody can get hotels. And they were like, hey, we need money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, yeah. I love that origin story. Yeah, I know. It's great. it's great. Yeah. 
Anyway, hey, this has been a blast, man. So say, uh, say Visify uh, and, and talk about where people can best get in touch with you if they want to uh, find sure. out more about you, connect with you on LinkedIn or Facebook. Yeah, I'm on all of the above. So Visify is uh, Visify.com, V-I-S-I-F-Y.com. Um, we have some training on there that's free for people. If you want to go check it out, it's called the seven figure growth platform. Wow. It's a, um, yeah, we talk about our, our system for how to build a business that, um, serves people and serves you and, um, really gets you there quicker than, um, you know, selling a book at a time kind of thing. You know, right. it's, it's a faster right. path <laughs> to sure. that. So um, if you're, you know, if you're an expert who is monetizing through speaking, through working with people one-on-one, -on -one, through workshops, online courses, that's exactly who we work with and who this training is meant for. So feel free to go check that out. It's um, just go to visify.com and there'll be a link at the top called training. And uh, yeah, LinkedIn, Jim Hole, Facebook, Jim Hole, <laughs> it's H-O-H-L. Um, any of those work for me, Twitter, same. <laughs> yeah. This has been a blast, man. Thanks for reaching out. You just sort of like randomly found my podcast and was like, I know that guy. Yeah. I was, it was recommended I from the iTunes. You might like oh, Vroom Vroom Beer. And I'm like, see, I okay. love it when the alg algorithm <laughs> gives me love. Yeah, it did. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, iTunes. And thank you, Jim Hole. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. You, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double -E E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.